We had a five-person suppository operation in hours, <laughs> and you guys actually had a, a poop bandit. Yeah. Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Mark. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 72. Today we're talking about healthy poop-encouraging diets for toddlers. But first, I suppose we should get into our regular updates. Uh, Mark, how about your two children? Two kids are doing very well. I'll start with Coda. He got so sick like a week and a half ago. He gets sick. (laughs) He was getting sick quite a bit when he first started going to daycare, but he's been pretty okay for a while. So I'm going to back up a little bit. We went to Osaka and made Emma American. Whether she liked it or not, she Mm -hmm. is American now. Very big news. I'll come back to that in a minute. But then on the train back from Osaka, Koda started to have a massive fever. We didn't have a thermometer then, but I'm suspecting it was around 39, like on the train. And he just slept on me for two hours. Uh Just created a nice coat of sweat mark on my on my chest and shoulder. Yeah. Uh, But then he had that fever for the next four days straight. That's wild. I guess you were pumping him full of medication. We would give it to him, you know, periodically to try to like take the fever down a bit and it would help like just barely take the edge off mm-hmm. like if like if it was 40 he would go down to maybe 39 mm. and if he was 39 it would maybe go down to 38 but that's about it like it wasn't enough to like actually make him feel better at all mm-hmm. and uh we took him after we came back we took him to a doctor and they don't really test for everything but you know they're like well he doesn't have covid he doesn't have flu he doesn't have adenovirus but i guess he the doctor was pretty sure and he ended up being correct that Coda had the uh, roseola virus. Mm. And I'd never heard of this one before, but I guess it's also known as like the tantrum virus. Mm-hmm. It sounds pleasant. It's awesome. It's just the best. So you get like four days of kid feverish, basically just sleeping and they're barely eating or drinking, mm-hmm. which it's kind of relaxing because you're like, you you can't do anything for him and he's not doing anything. But then immediately after that four day fever period, a rash starts and mm. the rash lasts for like three days. But along with the rash comes the tantrums. Amazing. Like it's in like when you look up this virus online, they're like, oh, yeah, that's the tantrum virus. Like everybody just calls it that because mm-hmm. basically every kid who gets this is just terrible <laughs> on top of like kid being sick that's bad news and then yeah. tantrums are bad news but then tantrums as a symptom of being sick is just the wildest brunch right. in the crotch that i've ever heard of yeah thankfully he wasn't like still feverish because once once they get the rash like all the fever and stuff goes away so then it's just like basic discomfort i think mm-hmm. but at that point you can send them to daycare yeah that's good yeah <laughs> but unfortunately he was so terrible. They actually called and had us pick him up around lunchtime because oh, he was man. being so, so needy and clingy to the teachers. I guess they're like, well, we can't do anything. This kid's just on me. <laughs> so he really got booted then. He really got booted. Add this to the long list of uh, Coda ailments. Um, yep. 
I feel like we've had maybe half as much sickness with Nico as you guys have had with Coda. And I feel in one way grateful that I haven't had to deal with much, but in another way, I feel like the other shoe is going to drop at some point because <laughs> Coda is just building up resistance to everything now. And I feel like Nico's really not. Mm, I'm surprised Nico hasn't had as much because they're both in daycares and kids are dirty, putting everything in their mouth, little people. <laughs> they totally are. Um, it's just, I guess, luck of the draw. And yeah. who's to say whether it's luck or not, because you've always got the future to contend with in terms of right. how tough and resistant they are. Well, hopefully he's building up resistance. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see in the in that future. Uh, but to get back to Osaka, yeah, we went down. We took a whole family trip down there to make Emma an American and get her a passport. Mm-hmm. This was two weeks ago now, mm-hmm. two weeks ago today. And uh, it was good. I was really nervous about this trip. Mm-hmm. Like I thought taking two kids down to Osaka on a train staying a night in a hotel coming back on the train it was going to be like a nightmare but yeah it ended up being really fun that's cool and that's a surprise i was just talking to a friend of mine with two kids about the same ages as your two kids and Mm. she said that the biggest uh hassle for her is getting those two children out of the house to do something and back to the house again so Yeah. yeah you defied the odds that's good news yeah it's always the journey that's more difficult not much to say about Osaka like it went smoothly and we've covered it in previous episodes so I won't go into detail about like the paperworks and all that but yep pretty smooth actually both kids were asleep when we were like talking to the people to mm-hmm. get everything and they were just like yep she's here she's she's asleep congrats yeah that's good she slept <laughs> right through uh gaining a citizenship yeah it's that unimportant to her. Yeah. <laughs> <Remarkable>. <laughs> uh, other than that, she's had vaccines. She got two leg shots and two arm shots mm. this past week, which was good, but no, no side effects from that. So, did she even get through one of the shots without screaming her head off, or was she flipping out the whole time? I did not go, oh, but okay. I heard that she was not happy the whole time. Yeah, that makes sense. But then okay afterwards and sleeping. That's always a tough milestone getting those vaccines. I've seen videos on YouTube of like clever doctors who, uh, you know, do some cutesy little song and dance and then sneak a uh, shot in and the kid doesn't notice. Uh, But then by the time of the second shot, the kid is wise to it and they're like, no. (laughs) So at best you can get one and under the radar. But uh, when you're doing four shots in a day, it's just hopeless. The kid's going to feel the punishment yeah, they're not putting that much effort in here either. Yeah. Those doctors are just treating this like like they're changing the oil in a car. They're just like, let's just get through it. It's good to get it under her belt. That's not I mean, she's got a lot more coming as well. She's only two and a half months. So Yeah. Vaccines out the wazoo, vaccines in the wazoo, one might say. Those might happen at some point. Could happen. <laughs> I'll uh pick up with the Nico updates. We had Thanksgiving at our house last weekend, which you mm. and your family attended along with a few other people. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. It was a good time. One thing I realized this holiday season is that if you want holidays, you have to create them yourself. Right. Uh, because 
in America, you can step out your front door and be slapped in the face with the holidays, but um, here you simply can't. So we did a similar thing for Halloween, got a little Halloween decoration, Mm. Halloween trick-or-treating thing going on at the house, uh, which you guys were at. And now Thanksgiving, we did a similar thing. And I mean, before I would never, ever plan parties or do anything, but now I feel quite a motivation to uh, get these things rolling so that Nico can have the experience of them. But it was really nice and really fun. Then uh, I would encourage everyone to, you know, like uh, rep your holidays if you want to, if you want to do that kind of stuff. Uh, we watch the Garfield Thanksgiving special. Uh, we watched that throughout the month of November, like every nice. other night at least. So you got to do stuff like that just to get the the vibe in the house somehow. The following weekend, which was just last weekend, we took a family trip to Fukui. This was my wife, oh, me, nice. the baby, and the in-laws, and uh, loaded up the freed. You know, five <laughs> people in the freed. You got one seat left over to stack the luggage. It's really an ideal situation. <laughs> and went down there to Fukui, which is in Hokuriku. It's just south of Ishikawa Prefecture. And mm. Fukui is known mainly for dinosaurs. They. Right have uh, had several species of dinosaur that were discovered in Fukui, or at least the fossils were there. And they have, you know, in the scientific name, you can see like the Fukuisaurus. It's not exactly like that, but, um, you know, there's some <laughs> uh, heavy Fukui repping going on with uh, right. Japanese dinosaurs. So they have an extreme well-funded uh, museum. It's called the Fukui mm. Prefectural Dinosaur Museum. And it's elaborate and gorgeous and uh it feels really new. I know they've, it's been around for a long time, but they've renovated it recently and nice. it's pretty amazing. I mean, all through uh, Fukui, you'll see like dinosaur statues along the roads and stuff. Some of them like actual life-size dinosaur statues. It's, it's dinosaur centric and little boys tend to love dinosaurs. My boy is um, included mm. in their number. And uh the dinosaur museum we were in there for i don't know two or three hours and it was constant commenting and pointing from nico at nice. uh, at 21 months i think i failed to say uh it, it was like you know he's pretty talkative as it is or he likes to just babble and use all the words that he knows uh, mm. just it's like a string of nouns and colors and abc's coming out of his mouth but uh at the dinosaur museum it was the word big probably 200 times and <laughs> he got a handle on the word dinosaur uh so he was oh nice dinosaur a bunch and then he the rest of the time it was just whoa 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 <laughs> and uh constant pointing if you look at the pictures from the dinosaur museum experience he's pointing off into the distance in most of them <laughs> so it blew his mind and uh he just had a great time and dinosaurs aren't something we really focus on at home. It's just, I think they're big and cool mm. and uh, kids can pick up on it. He had a great time. Uh, then we went to the aquarium there in Fukui. I call it Fukui Aquarium. It's actually called the Echizen Matsushima Aquarium. Mm. And this aquarium is a little bit on the older side. It's not one massive, impressive building, but it's like a complex of seven or eight buildings. Um, right. You know, there's a building for frogs and turtles there's another building for penguins another building for tropical fish and that sort of stuff and uh it's got an older uh kind of harsher i might say an older harsher vibe for my own reference is this similar to the notojima aquarium i think noto facility wise uh this is in 
uh, sort of northern or central Ishikawa, the Noto Aquarium. Yeah, in the Nao area. The Noto Aquarium has at least one larger facility, like with big tanks and that sort of stuff in it. Yeah. The Fukui Aquarium, which is in Matsushima, is really like smaller and in a lot of ways a little bit sadder. Like each little <laughs> enclosure for every animal is a bit just smaller. And you're oh. like, oh man, does that thing live its whole life in there? You know, you get that vibe about half oh. of the, the things that you look at. Um, but I say that about every zoo or aquarium I go to. Yeah. I <laughs> They're all pretty sad. I go back and forth on this. Um, I mean, there are some in the U.S. I know where like they'll try to incorporate the actual lifestyle of the animal. Like um, I forget what zoo right. this was. It's, it exists kind of all over the place now, but like uh, they say a tiger likes to really stock out a large area of land that it views as its oh. own and it walks on these massive paths. So some zoos in the U S now will build like essentially a chicken run, but for tigers that is elevated over the zoo and the tigers will just prowl like in this like caged walkway that goes, you know, however many, I don't know, a kilometer wow. two or three throughout the zoo. This sounds like a Jurassic Park failure waiting to yeah, happen. Yeah, there's a Dennis Nedry <laughs> waiting in the wings at every major metropolitan zoo in America, uh, just collecting samples of like tiger seed <laughs> in a Barbasol canister for no reason. Uh, but anyway, uh, standing to profit hundreds of dollars. Um, so. Those things are cool, but then I wonder if that's the kind of innovation that in 20 years they're going to say, like, that was actually nothing and the tigers right. were suffering the whole time anyway. So yeah. I'm really cooling on on zoos and even aquariums to a certain degree. Uh, some aquariums seem like so big and luxurious that from my outsider's perspective as a non-animal animal, um, mm. it seems nice seems cool but it's probably just my comparison to the ones that don't seem cool and maybe they right. all suck for the animal i have right. no idea but also fish are so dumb that uh you can imagine that they could just you know bubble away happily in any sort of container and eat food and maybe they're not uh inwardly crying like say a chimpanzee or a gorilla well unless they have the dolphins or the whales or the octopus yeah. or even a starfish at this point they found has sentience <laughs> oh yeah the um they do have the dolphins and the dolphin shows at the uh the Fukui aquarium which i'm pretty solidly against uh i mean mm. dolphins are smarter than we are it turns out and it's like <laughs> such a crappy life but yeah. um i don't know there's the flip side of not being hunted so i don't know it's so was impossible that a, to... was that a dolphin pun the flip side the, fl the flipper side <laughs> unintentional <laughs> pun Apologies. uh flipper side sounds like you're exterminating large amounts of flippers by the way uh, <laughs> there's only one <laughs> committing flipper side also at the aquarium all ethical questions aside uh with the child it was just constant happy shouting right the dinosaur museum was more commentary pointing things out trying to mm. you know make conversation about them with the words big dinosaur and whoa but at uh, the aquarium it's just full-on screaming just walking up to the next tank seeing something crazy and just with a big smile on his face screaming about it so wow. uh he was really having the time of his life seeing these animals they do a penguin walk there they have like a penguin enclosure and then mm. they uh 
have a, a painted walkway through the sidewalk that sort of connects all of the various buildings. And then there's a little fenced in area that the penguins go to and climb up some steps, get some fish, and then they walk back. So you can line the sides like it's a parade or something. Uh, so, you know, Nico was just one or two feet away from 20 penguins going up and down the main thoroughfare. That's cool. And nice. uh, yeah. It was blowing his mind to see that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Uh, it's exciting for him. But um, I would say the main update, the main sort of story of our weekend was that we finally got into the classic concho, which for you non-Japanese speakers means a suppository. For who? For Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's yet to be revealed. I'll save it for the segment. Uh-oh. Just kidding. Uh, but... Uh, the concho is Japanese for suppository, and it's. Mm. Um, I think I talked about it before on here that Nico's like an every two day pooper, you know. Yeah, and uh, I know Coda's much more regular than this, but um, Nico uh, really just sits on it, and so he was getting into the territory where it was like, okay, now it's been three days, uh, now it's been four wow. days, and then he goes, and it's like a big horrific experience because yeah, it's a hard dry poo uh and that's been the last couple of poos so now we're you know into like every four-day territory but this weekend that we went to the dinosaur museum and to the aquarium those were days five and six for him damn so he was just like not going and uh we were worried about it and then the real problem with it is like starting on day three a constipated kid feels bad you know yeah because he has to go and he can't and then he feels weird about eating food because his stomach's not right. And so like, he's kind of like listless during meals. And then he occasionally tries to go and you can see the strain on his face and he's like whimpering and, you know, saying poo, 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 but it's just not coming. And that's off and on for day three, off and on for day four, day five, day six. And you're like, well, it just gets harder every day that goes by. So you have to do something about it. So we, for the first time ever, um, while we were at the hotel, actually, in Fukui, uh, the in-laws took the car while we had, uh, where we were eating breakfast. They went to the nearest uh, drugstore and bought the suppositories and came back. So then we did this in a hotel room <laughs> with uh, all five of us present, which is a good place to do it for the first time because you don't know exactly how explosive it'll turn out. So you want to go somewhere that you can just ransack. Before before you go on, remind yeah. me, I have a poop in a hotel room story to come back to. Okay, okay good. Go. <laughs> We've got a nice theme developing here. Uh, so we got some kind of, I don't know what you would even call it, but it's like a quilted kind of pad uh, that I always associated with animals. Like, you know, that kind of pad that you can put down for your dog to pee on in the house, um, mm, yeah. you, which you must be very familiar with. Because I think you have those, right? For Isla. We do have those. Yeah. So I, it might be a human version or they might have bought the pets version. I don't know exactly what, but it was, you know, like taller and wider than our baby. And it was uh, mm. absorbent. So we um, we put them on that. But the trouble is the suppository is never going to be comfortable. Uh, and <laughs> as soon as we were trying it out, I mean, like he my wife was trying so, to wait, yeah. let me paint this picture for me. So yeah. you got this giant pad out like yeah. on the floor, I assume, and a well, naked baby on top of it bum up in the air that's very close we had it on a kind of this was a nicer room and we had some kind of like wraparound sofa thing and you could remove the cushions and it made just a big 
uh, I don't know, okay. like this, at, at a sofa level, and it was several feet across and several feet long. So he okay. laid on that very easily. We put the quilty pad on that. Um, he was wearing his shirt only, which turned out to be a mistake. But he, <laughs> he still had his shirt on, and he was bottomless. And uh, I think the in-laws were at the top end. They called heads. And... <laughs> They were um, should like, have actually flipped a coin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were sort of um, giving him moral support and patting his head and talking to him, trying mm. to distract him. Uh, then my wife and I huddled and uh, we drew tails naturally. So <laughs> she said that um, I was like, "Do you want to do it?" And she said, "Not really." So I was like, "Well, my catchphrase, by the way, is I can do anything." I always say that about myself. It's it's pretty arrogant. It's modest. Uh, yeah. It just happens to be true. But then you get into trouble uh when you have to do very difficult things <laughs> since you've claimed that you can do everything. So right. um I was at the helm and uh we took the suppository. I don't know if this is instructed or if it was just the the wisdom of the in-laws, but they had a cup of water, like hot water, and they put the suppository in that to get it up to sort of closer to body temperature. Seems polite. Yeah. And they had Vaseline to apply to the um, the narrow end of the suppository. Mm. And it's essentially a bulb with the fluid inside and then a narrow end, kind of like the same thing you use in the old days to pull snot out of your baby's nose. Um, mm. But it works in reverse. Yeah, we had him laying down. And as soon as you make any contact whatsoever between the suppository and the booty of the child, like <laughs> our kid, he just like stiffened up. But now he's like at a, oh yeah, I don't know, like a 45 degree angle with his head and shoulders on the sofa and then his legs, which are being held up anyway, like he's totally stiffened and he's like writhing and crying and everything. And then the suppository is going to leak a bit. And then that went down his back uh. and then got all over his shirt. So we had to change that. It's better just to go naked on that. And the suppository works within, at least the ones we had, they said it would work within like three to five minutes or something. Mm. I think it said, like for adults, when you do the suppository, you're supposed to try and hold it in so that it can take maximum effect. And sure. then after three to five minutes, then you let it out. The kids can't do that, of course. So it works pretty much instantaneously if it works. And luckily on our first try, our first one, like half of the liquid made it in, but that was enough. And um, mm. he, we slid the diaper right back on him and he was like crying and freaking out. But he immediately like hunched down on the floor. And within about 10 or 15 seconds, it was all out. It was all taken oh, wow. care of. Yeah. Nice. And all covered by the diaper, too. It wasn't like explosive oh, good. and horrible. And once it was out, there weren't lingering effects either. It was like all the fluids gone now. And it wasn't like a diarrhea all day situation. It was just kind of, we're done. Okay, that's good. So that was good. Aside from the trauma of it and the tears and the fighting and the writhing and everything. Um, and that was also right in the middle. That was like before we went to the aquarium that day. So I think he oh got over it and uh, then was excited by the aquarium later. So that was after dinosaur, before aquarium. Yeah, we did dinosaur, then stayed in the hotel next morning to the suppository and then right to the aquarium. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking poop is the reason for the difference in how he acted then. Yeah, it could be. It could be. <laughs> well, I did notice uh, at the aquarium, he felt more like a kid. I mean, that's what happens when you're like on day six, it takes all of the <laughs> energy and kiddishness out of being a child. Yeah. Uh, 
so at the dinosaur museum he was excited by everything but at the aquarium he was like giddy and you know running around yeah so that was a big difference but anyway uh now my wife and i are discussing like is uh kind of constipation situation there's just getting worse every week that goes by it's you know like i said before it was a two-day thing then a three four now we're up to a six-day thing and there's something in the constipation world called withholding right that's when a kid just doesn't go and right it compounds itself because if it's painful then the kid wants to go even less the next time Mm. so um we need to get him on a better track so we started to look up like ways to make your kid not constipated and that is the theme of today's j-pops everyone so without further ado we can head over to segmenting Here we are in Segmenton. I found two resources. Um, One is the Mayo Clinic. I thought I would uh, kind of summarize what they said. First of all, their definition of being constipated. They say uh, it's a lot of bullet points, but one is less than three bowel movements a week. And Mm. that's our boy for sure. Yeah. Uh, Bowel movements that are hard, dry, and difficult to pass, of course. Uh, pain while having a bowel movement, that is true as well uh, with our child. Stomach pain, which I think is true. Traces of liquid mm. or pasty stool in your child's underwear or diaper. A sign that stool is backed up in the rectum, it says. And then also blood on the surface of hard stool. Uh, huh. And the blood, that was one or two poops ago. Uh, he had a oh, you know, really? several days with no poop. And then when he pooped, it was like significantly bloody. Um, oh, and that's, that's scary. Yeah, it is. Uh, the I think the rule of thumb with that is if it's bright red, then it's bled on the exit, and then it's not indicative of like internal problems. Internal, right? Yeah. So if you see like a dark, the darker red the blood is, the worse the problem is because then you might have an intestinal issue or a stomach mm. issue where blood is not where it's supposed to be. Yeah, the best case scenario is bright red blood, actually. And then you could see it like staining the diaper, too. And then it's all over the the poo itself, which is quite uh, disturbing, but it doesn't linger. You know, it's it's fine pretty quickly. Hmm. So all of that indicates um, real constipation, which is what we had. Um, then we didn't do this, but as a warning to everybody, it says take your child to a doctor if the constipation lasts longer than two weeks. So if it goes over two, two weeks. Yeah, over two, then go to the doctor. I think under two, they're saying like, you know, you can deal with it by some medications they take orally or with suppositories, you know, like oh, oh, okay. that way. But if like, the don't constant- wait the whole two weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the uh, if it does go on for over two weeks or Damn. is it uh, like two weeks or is accompanied by fever, not eating, mm. blood in the stool, abdominal swelling, weight loss, pain during bowel movements, uh, parts of the intestine coming out, which is a prolapse. So Mm. all all of these things are massive warning signs. I mean, I think the blood in the stool and the uh, pain, those might not be as significant as some of the others, but, you know, take it all in total and and figure it out. Even though Coda gets a bunch of sicknesses, like our kids are getting two different, like painful experiences going on. Yeah. And it does suck because it's like, it's lingering and it makes your kid feel run down just to need to yeah. go to the bathroom, but can't. But then also 
it's the kind of thing he can snap out of because if he takes his mind off of it or gets interested in a toy, he can go for it. But that's mm-hmm. also part of the problem because it takes his focus off actually trying his hardest to go to the bathroom. You know, so you're in this state of like, well, if I distract him from this problem, it's only going to make the problem worse. So right. uh, it's a tough one to to navigate. A few other things from the uh, the Mayo Clinic it says uh, like some reasons basically for constipation. One is withholding, which we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kids ignoring the urge to go. There's a lot of reasons. Maybe they're just, they love to play and they don't want to leave playtime to go poo. Also, like if they're away from home, they don't want to use a public toilet or they're just uncomfortable in that environment. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. That's lifelong. Um, <laughs> you got no away game, Mark. You, you're you play. I don't. Well, in Japan, I do. Oh, that's good. I'm talking America before I left. Ah, uh, yeah, America is pretty filthy in terms of the bathrooms. Anyway, it's 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 disgusting. It's off putting. Also, if uh, as I mentioned before, if it's painful to poop, then your kid wants to poop that much less. So then it kind mm. of snowballs this withholding thing. Also, uh, our kids aren't up to this yet, but toilet training issues, like if they're just, they hate potty training, then they might uh, pretend they don't have to go or try to hold it. Changes Mm. in diet, uh, of course, could lead to constipation, Mm. like especially going from liquid to solid foods. That's a key moment. Uh, Changes in routine, like traveling, uh, being a lot, like if really hot weather sets in or if there's some crazy stress. Um, that'll cause it. Medications, obviously, a side effect could be uh, constipation. Something I'm interested in here is a cow's milk allergy. And it doesn't even have to be a specific allergy to milk, but also just perhaps cow's milk and cheese alone can lead to constipation. Um, hmm. It's kind of like it's been researched and it goes both ways. But um, yeah, cheese and cow's milk are sometimes cited according to the Mayo Clinic, is something that causes constipation. Not like a lactose intolerance, more just... Yeah, just dairy in general. Um, Dairy in in general can be said to bind you up. Uh, Hmm. There are a couple of other things which lactose intolerance falls into. One is family history uh, of constipation and also medical conditions. So that's where your lactose intolerance comes in there, I think. Uh, Those are all some uh, reasons that your kid may be constipated. Oh, medical conditions could also include like an actual abnormality in the bowel or the the anus or something like that. There could be a physical issue, but that's extremely rare. It's probably down to something else. But you you suspect Nico is probably withholding. Yeah, I think it's just withholding. And I think that he gets focused on things he wants to be focused on and then will sort of push other things out of his mind or just not do them. So that's kind of what we've landed on. And he's had like a year and a half of no problems. So it, it seems right. possible that he could be going. He's just not. So prevention, according to the Mayo Clinic, um, obviously uh, high fiber foods are going to help out. So they list um, fruits, vegetables, beans, and whole grain cereals and breads. Mm. Mm. Uh And it says if your child isn't used to a high fiber diet, start by adding several grams of fiber uh, and then increase as time goes by. This is to prevent gas and bloating. We don't do anything in terms of like X grams of this food 
must be consumed per day. You know, we just kind of give them meals and yeah, yeah. try to be sure that they're vaguely healthy. Hope he eats it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's where we are. Uh, but there are numbers according to the size and weight and age of your child as to how many grams of fiber are ideal. And it's not really worth going into here because everybody's kids a different age and everything. And it's also different for boys and girls. So uh, if you're into right. that, I would encourage just looking up those numbers. Then, uh, of course, oh, I, I want to dip away here from the um, the Mayo Clinic and go to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I looked up on their website. They recommend certain foods as well. They say whole grains such as whole wheat bread and pasta, oatmeal, and bran flake cereals. They also say lentils, black beans, kidney beans, soybeans, and chickpeas. Under the fruits category, it's berries, apples with the skin, oranges, and mm-hmm. pears. Something we looked into is, um, you know, it's cocky season around here. Persimmons are all over the place. And my wife had heard that these cause uh, constipation or that they can. Oh, really? So I looked, yeah, I looked into persimmons a little bit. And I heard the opposite. Well, it's kind of both are true. It says that there are sweet persimmons, which are good for digestion and they're okay to eat. But then there Mm. are more astringent uh, persimmons. So it depends on the type or the species of persimmon you're talking about. Um, Whatever makes the persimmon astringent is some little uh, chemical or whatever it is that also contributes to constipation. So uh, it's it's written about out there. But anyway, a sweet persimmon is said to be good. The other thing is uh, bananas. Like, um, yeah. you know, it says, yeah, eat your fruits and vegetables, but a pre-ripe banana, like too green of a banana is supposed to be bad for constipation, but then like a fully yeah. ripe banana is supposed to be good. They recommend to let things ripen, basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Under vegetables, they have carrots, broccoli, green peas, and colored greens. Uh, and then it says nuts, such as almonds, peanuts, and pecans. These are said mm. to be good for uh, constipation, helping mm with the problem. I realized though, that, uh, Nico is on a pretty healthy diet after I looked into all this Hmm, because I think this was written, uh, with the U S market in mind where kids are probably oftentimes eating like, you know, some cereal. Yeah. Cereal or just like McDonald's or stuff with high preservatives, like a kid's yeah snack pack or like TV dinner, kind of just throw it in the microwave sort of thing too salty almost. Yeah. And stuff that's just like highly processed. Um, So then they're recommending like have a more natural diet, have oats and stuff. Yeah. And then Nico has oatmeal basically every morning. So uh, and he has oranges constantly, like a lot of these foods he's eating Oh, berries. He has blueberries in his oatmeal every single morning. So Mm. um, I think he's already on track with this and we're going to try and, you know, tweak it where we can. But there's not too much we can do in terms of the food. Well, luckily, uh, there are drinks as well, of course. I think he lacks in drinking. He um, he just doesn't get into it that much. So we need to... Mm. One plan we have is to, I actually bought another cup like with a straw, and we're just going to keep it on the coffee table all the time so he can just walk by and pick it up and drink at any moment, you know? I think that's a th- terrible thing for kids in general, like drinking. Like I noticed oh, yeah. that with Coda too, like... He'll power through an entire meal without taking a sip. Yeah. And it'll be right in front of him, easy for him to grab. And yeah. you even try to like give him a little and he's like, turns his face away. Like, nope. It's weird because it, it's not like it's disgusting. It's, you know, 
juice yeah, it's or fruit water juice. or something. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. fine, but they're just not into it. One thing we started, I don't know if Koto will get into this, but Nico learned Kampai, which of course is the Japanese cheers. Oh. And I swear now in a single dinner, he'll say Kampai about 10 times and pick up his cup and he wants to. Oh, hit. wow. Yeah. So you have to like do the cheers, but it gets to the point where every time he reaches for his cup, I go ahead and reach for my cup because I know he's about to say Kampai. Um, uh, so then we instituted the policy of if you say Kampai, you actually have to drink afterward. You can't just good. say Kampai and then make us all pick up our glasses and then put yours back down. So the Kampai game gets a little bit more fluid into him. It's all mm. early days, though, so we haven't had enough time to see if it's effective. Dehydration was is a big cause for constipation, I think, in kids. Absolutely. Um, I read mixed results on tea. Uh, there are some teas that are known to exacerbate the problem, other teas. I read black tea is supposed to be good for uh, like alleviating constipation. Hmm. But um, there's too much... A decaf, contra- I assume. Yeah, yeah, a little decaf. There's too much contradictory information, though, on teas, and so I couldn't really land on anything as an answer. Right. In, in general terms, liquid is good. And then um, the Mayo Clinic says, uh, encourage your child to drink plenty of fluids. Water is often the best. That's the only thing they recommend is, like, just get right. them to drink water. Yeah. The uh, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, they recommend water, naturally sweetened fruit, vegetable juice, mm-hmm. fruit or vegetable juice, and clear soup which were in Japan. So that's, yeah. that's fortunate. That's, I think that's Coda's maybe primary, primary way of getting fluids, yeah. at least in dinner. Cause he has, he, he really likes a Biso soup. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of good liquid in that. And I think he's, he's getting it that way more than drinking during dinner. Yeah. And I would say for Japan in general, like soup must be the main way of getting fluids because like at my in-laws house, when I started showing up there years ago um, for dinners and stuff, there was never a glass of anything on the table to drink. And then, yeah, it's always a soup. Yeah. Over the years, I would say, like, can I have a water? And then now <laughs> it's kind of like a normal thing that I have a glass of water and they're around. But um, yeah, when I showed up, it was drinkless. It is kind of strange. I never really thought about it before. But um, we're going to leave some water out on the table all the time or various, you know, whatever week fruit juices or something. Just to get more fluids in the system, Uh, foods to avoid, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, chips, fast food, meat, prepared foods, such as some frozen meals and snack foods, processed foods, such as hot dogs or some microwavable Mm. dinners. Um, When I read that, I was like, yep, that's the U.S. for you. And it makes sense. Yeah. The U.S. Department of Health and Human <laughs> Services would say that. But in Japan, you know, toddlers aren't eating chips. I, they're probably eating a lot of fast food. They probably eat senbei. Yeah. Senbei for Which sure. It's definitely healthier than a bag of Lay's. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, processed foods, they may be, you know, there's the pouches and stuff. So that's not really good. But like yeah. frozen, frozen meals, snacks and stuff, it's not to the same degree. No, definitely not. So then a few other things. This is back to the Mayo Clinic. Uh, They say to promote physical activity Mm. um, as opposed to just sitting on the sofa. Uh, So that's something that can be done. If your kid's toilet training, they say to create a toilet routine. So maybe after you eat, you just go to the toilet and sit on it. And Mm. uh, that's toilet time. And then that could eventually program the kid to kind of use it regularly. 
or get them on your schedule. So have a cup of coffee in the morning, exactly. and just go over. <laughs> have a strong black coffee and a bran muffin, and then race your child to the bathroom. It also says, remind your child to heed nature's call. Uh, so this is about that withholding thing. Yeah. Uh, just uh, don't let them get too wrapped up in play so that they ignore it, but try to encourage them to go along with encouraging is just generally being supportive. So you should reward efforts, not results. So uh, that if they try, then they can get a sticker or something, you know, just for sitting there. This just thought just occurred to me. Have you guys thought of like taking him to the bathroom when you're doing number two to kind of show him like that it's happening and that it's okay. And even you guys do it. Cause maybe it's like a dissociation. Like he's like, well, I'm the only one who does this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is why they wrote the book. Everyone poops. Uh, That's right. Yeah, to make them not feel alone. Um, but you. Yeah. Everyone poops, <laughs> but you. That's some classic family guy right there. Uh, so we, he's incidentally been in the bathroom, like when uh, you have to go and you're alone or if you're like out at a mall oh, okay. or something. Uh, but we haven't made a habit of it. Um I don't know if that would, because he's not at potty training mode yet, and I wonder how much he's putting together, although he puts together a lot more than I give it credit for, a, a lot more than I give him credit for. So that could be a valuable thing. I will have to see if our schedules line up properly. <laughs> Introduce that. One more thing under be supportive, it says, um, don't punish a child who has soiled his or her underwear. Of course, our kids aren't there yet, but you know, to, of course uh, not. Yeah, keep it positive about going to the bathroom. And of course, review medications. Um, if your kid's mm -hmm. on medications, that could easily affect the regularity. Right. So that's all of the information I could glean from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Mayo Clinic. And mm. we're going to try to implement some of this stuff. We're also, okay. in theory now, we're talking about doing like a every fourth day suppository. because. It's like on day three, he really starts to panic about it and complain about it. And the suppository is a big traumatic event, but it's better than an additional fourth day and then a fifth day and then a sixth day of him like feeling yeah. uncomfortable and kind of on and off, you know, having this like dragged out kind of problem. So we've discussed, That's a good idea. Yeah. It's kind of a, a loose rule as opposed to a loose stool. Loose stool. It's, it's a loose rule right now. <laughs> But uh, we're going to see if we can implement it. Like, we'll give him three days. If he doesn't go, then the next morning, it's uh, it's going to be suppository time. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. We've used suppositories a couple of times, but never for, like, pooping. It's always for, like, a fever medication. Oh, I see. And so we've never had, like, a non-feverish coda take a suppository. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how he'd react to it. <laughs> yeah. Our child didn't like it. One star. Never do again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh that's all the info i got um japanese of the day segues beautifully with this so i think we should head there okay to the japati yes we are now set firmly on the japati legs shoulder width apart and we will grunt this japati into existence the word is bempi and uh, I was dancing around using hmm. this Japanese word for the entire segment today because bimpy just means constipation. It's hmm. uh, B-E-N, 
PI, Bempi. Okay. And it's a very useful word for kids because it's probably going to happen to them eventually. Uh, the the bin, this one kanji wise was really hard to pick apart, but I have heard uh, the bin in some instances means excrement. Uh, huh. So uh, bin, yeah, you, you'll hear it in that context from time to time. But anyway, bimpy is constipation and that's japati. Quick and easy one. Yeah, quick and easy, much unlike the content bimpy. How about a McQuiffy? McQuiffy, I have one today. It's kind of a multi-part question for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to totally get away from pooping and constipation, though. I should have thought of something better. But Mm. We're in the holiday season, and we just passed Black Friday, which had Mm. me thinking, like, what is the appropriate amount of gifts to get a almost two-year-old for Christmas? Mm. And... How many are you getting for Nico? Excellent question. I only really thought about this this morning. Um, You know, we had Thanksgiving and then we went away for the weekend. And now Mm. we're kind of finally back to regular life and Christmas season is fully upon us. My thinking is that he's got a huge number of toys to begin with. And there are a huge number of toys coming his way from family. Oh, Uh, right. And so there's actually not much on my wife and I, in terms of buying him something. Last Christmas, we bought him exactly one item uh, for just the same reason, that he was getting a lot from other people. And Uh, we were in America, and you can't really carry much back. Yeah. But uh, this time, I think, I mean, again, just like one simple item, and then his Christmas haul will be kind of uh, buffeted by everybody else's things that they're giving him. That's going to increase as the years go by. But uh, in these early days when he's still like more interested in playing with the box, I would say keep it to a minimum, just maybe one that's nicest thing. So then one from you guys, assuming there are more coming, then what's the total number come to? Uh, Looking back to my own childhood, I think uh, we each got like 10 to 12 presents. But a, a lot of them, that's including like the tiny, tiniest things, you know. Like, oh, okay. Your stocking present. Yeah. Like even a pair of socks. That's one of those. And you would get like one main present basically. And then okay. a, a bunch of smaller things. So in that neighborhood, I think it's just to give you enough to like open many presents and have that 15 minutes of pure present opening chaos. So you're assuming then about 10 is going to come his way this year. Yeah. Something like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and we've already okay. got some uh, when my mom and her husband were here back in august they bought uh, some stuff for christmas just to leave here so we can wrap up and give it to them let me take you out of your own world for a second yes assuming that nobody else is going to send him any presents mm-hmm. and the responsibility just falls on you and your wife how many then would you get even still him at just one year old i might get like three things Okay, And I would say if you get him one thing, I feel like it wouldn't register with him. And then two, I don't know. I feel like three establishes the pattern of like, oh, it's <laughs> present opening time, you know, and then he, right. can, he can refine his skills by opening these these three presents. And uh, I think that would do it. OK. OK. Interesting. That's good. Yeah. Another th- fourth question. Yes. On top of this. <laughs> 
Will he get any Santa presents? Ugh, I haven't uh, thought about it specifically. I want to basically say no. I did when I was a kid. You would wake up on the 25th and it would say from Santa. Mm. Uh, or it would just be from blank sometimes. I think that happened too. They forgot to write Santa. Yeah, they just forgot. <laughs> that was the whole point. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't have any plans to, though we've seen decorations up this year of Santa. And I'll point out and say, like, there's Santa. And so I think he's beginning to recognize that there's an entity called Santa. But um, hmm. I don't plan to really introduce him in the whole mythology. But okay. I I will still like put presents out, I guess, that just show up on the 25th just for the pure excitement of like, oh, there's new stuff. Oh, let's open it, you know, like throughout his hmm. life. That's the loose okay. plan. Interesting. I think we keep going back and forth. We're not sure. I've already bought three things for him uh-huh. with thoughts of buying more things. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think those thoughts scare Moy. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> think she's okay with the three. Although she does have, she did bring up some ideas to buy him some other stuff. So maybe she does. But yeah. I was just curious, like, what you guys were doing if we were going overboard. But it sounds like we're going to be maybe same level maybe probably less with all of your family sending stuff yeah i know my mom in particular and uh my brother just messaged me asking for our address a few days ago he's gonna send something so we're i bet we're gonna crack 10 easy uh just from stuff being sent in well yeah your your family's a city basically yeah so (laughs) So that's gonna that's gonna save me a couple of dollars in the old pocketbook (laughs) Great. So I, um, yeah, it's always a tough call with the amount of presents. Honestly, what I come back to in my mind is like seeing Nico get something really cool and fun and he picks it up for a minute and then just like smashes it <laughs> on the floor and then toddles off and picks up a loose piece of cardboard from the recycling pile or something. Right. And it, you, it's just a total crapshoot as to what he's interested in. And then thinking about getting him a lot of stuff. I know how it's a, uh, at best a 50 50 proposition that it'll register with him and right. then there's a hundred percent certainty that he's going to lose interest quickly <laughs> so um, my thought is that it's like more of like a, a long game for that kind of stuff like you uh-huh. get these things and he's interested but he finds the one thing that day that you know he's really into yeah but then like a couple of weeks later he's going to be like oh yeah this thing and uh, then just yeah. go to town playing with that one I, on his first present, I was thinking even longer term um, in terms of like, I want this to be a you know first present that might be around 10 or 20 years from now. So oh, nice. we got him like a wooden chain of um, just little wooden colored balls that you kind of spin and make different shapes with, you know, and mm. that could be on, you could see it on, you know, some adult's desk or something is kind of a weird little mm. artsy piece but it's also for kids to you know manipulate and just make abstract shapes out of so uh yeah i thought that was good like lifetime it could be around and then he can say like i got that for my first christmas you know like when he's a grizzled <laughs> old man um so i would love to find something like that and that if that's the one thing i feel like it's better than like here's your plastic umpon mom head that spits oh, out Anpanman coins or something. <laughs> I hate. We'll never see an Anpanman present in this house. <laughs> well, laying down the law. <laughs> never, never. Well, on that note, let's get to our dad jokes. Okay, I got two. 
I've got three today. Then you do the honor, sir. Uh, one is back on our poo topic. Um, and we yes. already mentioned the um, the classic kids book, Everyone Poops, which was originally written by a Japanese fellow, by the way. Hmm. Um, so, uh, of course, we all know the, the classic kids book, Everyone Poops. And uh, it's it's less known, though, that that was actually based on a children's book written by Charles Darwin. <laughs> and um, that 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 book was, of course, the origin of feces. I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. I like that one. <laughs> thank you. That was my original. Let it be known. Uh, that's nice. It was a long one, but you got yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What training do you need to be a garbage collector? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. What is it? None. You just pick it up as you go along. <laughs> All right. There you go. I was thinking pick up lines, but it didn't really make sense. Uh, why are garbage men so successful in singles bars? Is it the pickup line? I don't know. All right. Back to the script. After an unsuccessful harvest, why did the farmer decide to try a career in music? Because he had a ton of sick beats. Oh, oh. <laughs> nice. That's a perfect dad joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't think tequila could help my problems, but I thought it was worth a shot. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. Uh, here's a, another one about sickness in honor of Coda. I only seem to get sick on weekdays. I must have a weekend immune system. Oh. <laughs> Before we finish this episode, yeah. I want to go back to my poop story. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Just that. to round out the whole episode. So we're staying in the hotel in Osaka, and it was day two. We're getting ready, and we're in the hotel room, and like Coda had just been changed. I think Moe was doing diaper on Emma and had just fed her and was dealing with that stuff. And like I was trying to get ready in like the front so the the hotel room is kind of long like the bathroom separated you can't see into the main bed area mm-hmm. and we had peppa pig on so coda was distracted and moe was doing the stuff and coda was walking around and then i come over to see coda and kind of get him and then suddenly i realize oh you got stuff on your hand mm-hmm. and i'm like oh uh oh and i realize he pooped cuz it's Dunk so bad <laughs> yeah. and he'd just been walking around in the middle because it was like a three bedroom and two of the beds had been squished together so there mm-hmm. was like a little space in between and then i look over to the bed and i just see poop smears oh god and i'm just like oh shit <laughs> so that created a whole hassle of there's no there's no good way to clean a child entirely after he'd stuck his hand in his diaper and grabbed his own poop and then yeah. walked around a room, you just have to kind of like take him into the shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then that's what Moe did. She just like stripped him down, took him into the shower and just like washed the poop off him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While I like wrapped all of the bedding that had visible poop on it into uh-huh. a big ball in the middle of the bed. Oh. And we didn't say anything. <laughs> That's the way to handle it. (laughs) Perfect. Um, I was thinking that's adventurous of him to just to just deuce one, but then to go 
fishing around it? Does he do that like routinely? Uh, I think sometimes if it's like uncomfortable or if it's yeah. like sometimes if he does it and he's sitting down, it'll kind of squish it up uh, high in the back. Yeah. So then he'll try to like it'll irritate him a bit. So he'll yeah. try to like figure finger it out. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what happened. Like he was just kind of he had one. He was walking around, kind of distracted by Peppa, and mm. just started fishing oh man but then he was like what is this on my finger and started trying to like wipe it on the bed (laughs) oh god i'm just glad it didn't get on anything else and then he actually he put it in his mouth because that could have ended up worse yeah and it's also it's such a double-edged sword because at home at least you have cleaning supplies and more clothes and more bedding all that like just at your fingertips but also you're not at home so you don't really have to deal with it it's great exactly that's what happened there I feel yeah. like we would have been more stressed out by that if we were at home, because then we would have been like, oh, crap, it's on the bedding, it's on the couch, we have to go to the laundromat now. Yeah. But this situation, we were just like, shower him, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Man, and all of this is to say that if you have a managing interest in a hotel, then make a strict no babies policy. Because we had like yeah. a... We had a five-person suppository operation in ours, <laughs> and you guys actually had a, a poop bandit doing Zorro yeah. marks all over everything. Yeah. Babies in hotel rooms equals poop on stuff. I think. There's going to be poop on stuff, yeah. So also, let that be a lesson to anyone who's ever staying in a hotel room. There's been a baby right. in there, and that baby's pooped on something. Which goes to the le- life lesson of never take a blacklight into a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I should say the hotel we stayed at in Osaka was really great though because they offered like a baby stroller you could use oh, when you get cool. there. They offered diapers. There was a actual like infant bath you could borrow. Mm-hmm. A diaper pail that they would give you. They had toys that they could lend you. Man. I mean, you really don't have to bring anything. You could just go to this hotel and then just say, "Hey, give me all the stuff." Yeah, that's practically a baby kennel. They're just ready to go. Yeah, we're ready to go. It was really helpful because we didn't have to take as much. Excellent. But that's it. That's my poop story. All right. (laughs) Good. Uh, Yeah, this episode really rounded into form. I mean, it's it's wall-to-wall poop, uh, top to bottom. (laughs) Uh, It's going to cost us a sponsor. I'm sure of it. Freed isn't interested in suppositories. You'd think with the name like Freed. I don't know. Freed's a family car, family business. They know the they know the story. But um, I don't know. Some of our trendier, like uh, Louis Vuitton, is probably not going to be with us anymore. Thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on the site formerly known as Twitter at JPOPS Podcast or by email at info at the Talk to you next time. Poop time. <laughs>